This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. And good morning, San Diego. This is Garden Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Almond. We're going to, what did I, did I add a D? I thought you added a D to that. I did kind of. I didn't mean to. That's all right. May I continue? Please do. Um, And we're going to be here for the next (laughs) approximate hour discussing something about gardening. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, fellas. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Hopefully, a lot about gardening, not just something. Exactly. Well, call in and ask questions. Got it. Got to start somewhere. We do. Correct. Did you enjoy the week? It was a lot, a lot of weather. It was good to have some rain, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. I enjoyed the week a lot. It was great, great weather. Nice, cool nights. Now so we're actually starting to accumulate some chill. I think. I think you're right. Uh, good chill hours for the fruit trees. A good deep soaking for everything in the ground. I would say most areas of the county got between an inch and two and a half inches of rain. Did you measure or did in your neighborhood any idea what you had no, there? No, I look at the online at the gauges around me and figure where I am in there. You I told it. you my story with the one time of getting a rain gauge and pounding a stake into the ground to hold it and hitting a pressurized water line. <laughs> right, I forgot about that yeah, one. Yeah, so I, I, that's a bad you omen, so I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. It could happen again. Uh, we had a customer come in who actually lives around the corner from us, and she said her gauge said two inches. That's I think that's about what my average is looking at the things around me. What about you, Marky? I have no idea. But it, Did the pool fill? No, it didn't completely fill, but it was close. Okay. Uh, but it, I can hear it all night. It was the, nice. It was nice. And it was... Yeah. A little more spaced out. It wasn't just the heavy downpour that all ran off. The Correct. water did not run across my property this this storm That's like good. it normally yeah. does. And so so the fence between my neighbors and, and me is safe. still intact. A couple of times the water has come through it so fast and pushed up so much debris against it. It's just knocked it over. Um, Looks like a river came through. Yes. Ran through it. But it... Everything's still wet. I mean, the soil, on, even on the surface, is still moist at my house. And I don't think this could be enough water for at least the next month, if exactly. not through the end of the year. For, for established trees, For established trees, right? Trees and shrubs. Yes. Right, right. In the and ground. Things that have been planted in the ground for more than a year probably are not going to need any supplemental watering for the rest of this year. It's going to be close. Are we, are, is there any... Uh, well, yeah, you're the resident weather guy. Do we have anything on the horizon? That's, no, yeah. but I, I was. Yesterday's forecast said that it sees no precipitation through the middle of the month. They took away that, and well, wasn't yesterday the 11th? Yeah, right. Well, they're acting like the middle of the month is pretty far away, so it's it's pretty safe bet. But yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they they don't see anything right now, and the 
the temperatures have been mild and, and are forecast to continue. Breezy, but not crazy. Uh, storm tracks north of us. It has been gorgeous out, and it, it, at least for me, it makes me want to be in the garden. Yeah, I agree. It's, what, it's, it has been beautiful outside. So what have you done in the garden with this lovely time that you've been enjoying? Have you harvested anything? We've been eating lettuce, different lettuce types of lettuce, latuces. Is that what you latuce, call it? Latuce. latuce. Yeah, so eating some latuce and some of the mustard greens that go quite well with it. Yeah. You don't like mustard greens. I don't even like the thought of mustard greens, but uh, not for any, just it doesn't sound, uh, I'm not a huge a nice, mustard fan. Well, but it's and not so the same. Mustard, it has I, a nice little spice and, and peppery taste I know to it's it. not the same, right. but we have associations. Are you mustard green? Well, Mark's not a green guy of any kind. No. <laughs> no. Except for his ball cap. Oh, yeah. Does that say Tipperary? Yeah. It's a long way. Yeah. To it Tipperary is. Hill. Did you plant anything? Uh, peas, well, peas are coming up, the cabbages, the, the broccoli, those are all in and, and doing quite well. Uh, we put a second row of lettuce and spinach in, so we have that going. Uh, how about yourself? I have purchased and transported some plants, uh, some things. Yeah, I think that's a theme. If, if people listen to this on a regular basis, that's the theme. David bought something and brought it home. I have the head of garlic <laughs> is still rolling around in my car. Our, our but garlic, I, that, that one that you gave me, yes. it was planted that night, and it's already coming up just as a data point. If you put it in the ground, you'll have better results. Really? That's funny. So that's why I haven't gotten any growth. That might be rolling a, around in the car has not and triggered it. might be too it. hot in the car in the daytime. And I leave the windows cracked. Okay. And you're getting the chill at night in the car if it's a yes. hard neck. So. What was it? No, it was recall. silver, Italian silver, okay. late Italian silver, something like that. And I, I, I did, potatoes are much more sensitive. So I did take my seed potatoes out of the car and put those somewhere inside the house where it's cool. <laughs> I, I don't know where. I went out and I, I planted a bunch of things and to surprise Capri later on because she has no idea where they are. A lot of bulbs and, and sweet peas, they'll come up so all over the yard eventually. But yeah. when I was planting some of the sweet peas, there are quite a number coming up from last year from the seeds that had fallen. Does she know not to weed? I hope so. Don't weed if you go out today. Good. If you're planting surprises, you have to let people know so that they don't Harvard yeah, weed them for you. It's hard to hold it against she, the one they no, pull. She, she's a she's a gardener, so she she recognizes things that probably shouldn't be pulled as a weed. So she'll know that it's a bulb coming up. Okay, I hope. Yeah, yeah. No, knock on knock she, on wood. She will. All right. Um, do we do we talk about not watering? Oh, we did not. We said rain should be enough, but shut off the sprinklers. Yeah, there's no reason to have them on. Uh, fully agree. We shut ours off. Now, you should be watered. We always come back to this. If you have things in pots, they still need to be watered. Don't Maybe. Yeah. Well, they, they will need to be watered. Will need eventually. to be yes. before the end of the year. Agreed. Absolutely. And young plants, things that were just put in the ground that are not bulbs, perhaps. Right. Things Maybe like your sweet you, peas. Like you said a few moments ago, things that have been in the ground and established don't need water. Okay. But new thing, newly planted Plants are going up. to need water. Absolutely. All right. Now we can move on to classes. Do, do we, we have, have classes, any classes today? Yes, we do. Down in San Diego at nine o'clock, we have planting potatoes with Kathleen. Kathleen, I can only imagine. Oh, I should probably go. You should go down there and learn about planting potatoes. But then you'll miss the permaculture class that's taking place in Poway at nine thirty with Steve Atkinson from Atkinson Family Farms. I told you I drove by their house 
unannounced that to say hi. That was his dad. That's yeah. Mike. Yeah. yeah. And they had, and it was, they had no idea who I was because they had never been at the nurse to the nursery before. But Mike has. Yeah. Yeah. He's, but I didn't, I didn't know him from Shinola. He's the Plumeria God. I know. Yes. I mean, now I know. Now you know. He's actually going to teach a Plumeria class for us in June of next year again. That'd be a good time to do it. It is. Um, next week, on the 19th, we have Herbs herbs with Josh at 9 o'clock in the San Diego store. And at 9.30, we have Bonsai Wiring Techniques with Richard Wright. Now, that's not a workshop where you're going to get anything, but bring your own bonsai plant in. Yes, yeah, so you and can work teach on you, it. And exactly. teach you how to you what, know, work What do you mean it. you're not going to get anything? So if they come in, they're not going to learn anything? Knowledge. Oh, they'll they get will knowledge. learn lots of stuff. What I meant by that, to clarify, please the do. wordsmith over there. Um, there, it's not a workshop where we're going to be handing you plants to work with and walk away with that you're going to pay money for. Which, it's a how bring often do we do that a couple times? We a do year? it a couple times a yeah. year for bonsai. So, right. but bring bring your your treasured plant that you've been studying and looking at and trying to figure out the best way to shape it, and Richard will help you do that. And they can that bring is, their own wire, or they can purchase, purchase some wire, wire, and then they can train their plant, and that's what it is going to be. Exactly. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Well, I was working towards it in some manner, but you got there before me. Okay. So have you, those are the classes. That's two weeks of classes. Is that two weeks? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you have anything going on at Balboa Park or at the foundation anywhere? Uh, so what are we going to do for the next two and a half or three well, minutes? We, we can talk about what's actually blooming in your yard right now and what are you harvesting in fruit, if anything. Oh, we or you could, could talk about bonsais or whatever you want, Dave. Oh, that is so kind of you guys. But it is funny, the bonsai, because that is such a, we get those questions all the time. What do I do now? I mean, what do I, and it's one of those, I think, again, I'm not certainly no bonsai ex, expert, but you can do whatever you want to do, really. It's just a matter of some people have eyes for it, some people really don't. I agree. And uh, But it's, I don't want to say you could do anything wrong. And I would imagine if you are putting your bonsai plants in bondage, that it's probably important that you do it the right way so you don't. Uh, girdle. Stunted. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I, I think yeah. that's one of the, the biggest right. errors people make is they leave the wire on too long instead of wrapping it, shaping it a little bit, and then taking it off and re rewrapping. <laughs> Guess what I would do? You would let it girdle and die. Oh, yeah. 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 It's funny because sure. Junior, every year, remember Junior used to do it like uh, Acers or... Like, no. Oh, really? He used to do that in San Diego. He would get some, you know, one gallon what, what, uh, Japanese, Japanese maples. maples. I was going to say, when you say Acer, what are you speaking of? Yeah, Japanese, Japanese maples. Japanese maples, okay. And he would he would just, you know, get it and just take Fountain those. them down? Exactly. He, he would do that. I mean, not not every year, but he did it a lot. But one of our co-workers in Poway, Tony, when he taught the classes, he was very adamant with folks, do not leave the wire on too long because that's how you tell you're an amateur. <laughs> because you Good have point. these big girdling lines across... You started that with an A, and I was <laughs> wide-eyed, wondering where we were going. Amateur. I, just this last year, um, tied up my weeping Santa Rosa plum okay. with stretchy, no, it wasn't stretchy tape, with the plastic bailing wire and or cord. And in less than a year, the trunk had enveloped it, 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 yeah, yeah, it, I, yeah i left it too long and well, it didn't take long at all for it to yeah grow right over it yeah we see that happen often just with the tags that come with the trees True. you know it says it's a this type of tree on this rootstock and it starts girdling if you don't open it up and release it 
There's so much to learn about this. I had to pay attention you once should. in a while. It, once in a while. It is funny because it's like things you don't even think about. And the next thing you know, it's already grown past or it has enveloped it. Now I'm ready to go to harvesting. Okay, harvest. You mean what's ripe? What's ripe in yes, your yard right now? Yes, and blooming, or whatever you were saying. I I don't even know why. Yeah, you why, would... you don't, why pay attention? <laughs> so what? Well, I know that pomegranates are still. We talked about that in the past. Are still ripe, and you've been bringing in some delicious pomegranates of various flavors that we're still trying to discern which is which. Well, those they're still two, close. they're pretty darn close, and I don't. I think the difference is probably the ripeness of the fruit more so than them being different. But well, somebody somebody made a fortune way back when saying, hey, I have a new variety, buy right, this one. Right. We're, we're referring to Granada versus Wonderful. And, and Granada is actually a sport, which is just a, a genetic mutation of a particular plant, of a Wonderful. So it came from the Wonderful. And I don't know that... There's much difference. And I can't. I can't. And yeah, David brought one of each in twice now over the last couple of days, and I, I can't tell the difference. All right. Hmm. But they're as, good. As we, we but know as that. We said we we may not just. Have and there it. was we, a a terrible terrible learning experience I had about um, pomegranates. Although it didn't sound like the per the author was. It, it, we'll have to. Is this a tease for after the break? Oh, well, I'm guessing from looking at the clock now that is what it's going to be. But I learned something about the benefits of pomegranates. Now, the author, I think, had some skin in the game and right. had something to, to win by this. But I was a little disappointed and I tried what they were saying about it. So it kind of made me sick to my stomach. And we'll talk about David being sick to his stomach when we come back. We're going to have to take a quick break. If you would like to give us a call so you don't have to listen to us talk about that, the number here is 888-344-1170. We'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Almun. <laughs> that gets Did ruined, I do it better? Much better. It gets ruined everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I could spell it to people. I mean, they, when they spell it back to me to make sure they have it correct, they add a D. I never added the D. I never said there was a D, but they would do it. Let them be. Let them be. It is their perception of the world. Before we went into that break, we were talking about disastrous news about pomegranates. Is that a little, is that excessive? That's hyperbole. We we hear a lot of that. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Um, I was reading an article, which that is in itself is unusual, that I was reading Um, about the benefits, the health benefits of pomegranates. And there are lots of health benefits. And I've always just enjoyed my pomegranates and assumed I was getting the health benefits. But at the end of this article, where they're trying to sell me pomegranate powder, it says that 90% of the health benefits of pomegranates are in the skin, which was kind of disappointing to me because I don't generally eat the skin. Most people do not. It's not that flavorful. So I, I... (laughs) <laughs> peeled my pomegranate and I took about four penny sized chunks and I didn't want to chew it because it tastes bad. So I swallowed them with 
soda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you, uh, so any way you could get all of the health benefits from uh, it. Yes, <laughs> I want the chemicals in the soda to break it down for me. And uh, so I don't know if I'm healthier today than I was yesterday you or said not. You said you didn't feel quite as well. It didn't. I, it, it, I, I'm going to have to chew it next time, but maybe I won't be as particular about filtering out all of the pith. I'm a, a big fan of citrus, citrus pith, pith but right. you but are. not the other. So, I don't think it's... Is it there yet? What are you talking about? I mean, I see it up there, but I don't think I can pull it yet. So, But going back to the, the, the Wonderful and the Granada... Um, yes, sir. We, we were saying yesterday that we don't have a discerning enough palate to be able to tell the difference between them. But I'm sure someone like a wine snob would be able to taste each one and tell us what the differences are. If we told them they were different. You think? If you told somebody that these are two different and uh, and someone would be able to make up well, some words. I, I did. There was a slight difference in taste on the one versus the other. It was slightly more tart. It had a little more flavor or tartness right. to it. But again, which that could, could have be been a ripening. Just right. a week's worth of ripening Correct. difference. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, again, use the word discerning. Right. It's, it's, we, have, yeah. we have three pomegranates. We have a, a profound, a profound, I can't even speak. Let me try that again. Parfianca, a wonderful, and then one that our one of our customers gave you and I that I probably oh the dated. seedling the seedling that with we the have hard no, seeds. With the hard seeds but were delicious. I don't have one of those I, any y- anymore. Yeah, you did. Any, <laughs> no, salute. Cousinite, you had you, I gave you two of those, so you must don't remember where you planted them. Yeah, that's it. I don't remember where I planted them. Um, <laughs> thank goodness we have a phone call. Let's go out to Poway and talk to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you so much for asking. What can we help you Good with? Good morning. Good morning. All right. Uh, pruning boysenberry bushes is question number one. Why? What's the que- Oh, you want to know how to prune them? Or when? Yeah. So there are... So my understanding is you take the ones that were already hanging up and you cut those and then the new growth that were that grew you know randomly you string those up that is correct is that right yep. yes so how many should i do like just save 3 or 4 from the main from the main stock well i would i would say that depends on how much space you have and how much grew so the more that you had the more new growth you had last year the more i would maintain um and if you only had well as a percentage if you only had a few canes you're going to keep them all if you had a bazillion then you're going to space them out and pick out the best half a bazillion is that a proper number and space them out along the along your trellis we try to keep as many. So, we try so, to keep as many as we can. When ours, you know, for our blackberries, any of the of the cane berries like that, we cut out all the old and keep as many as we can. Which and when we string them up, just set them up in a way so there's adequate light and you know sun to all of them. You don't want to make a big wall where they they stop getting light. And then maybe uh, later. So, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, you're the expert. You go ahead. <laughs> no, please continue. <laughs> I was wondering if if I don't maybe I don't I didn't think I wanted that many because I don't want too much energy 
getting spread from one branch to the next. Like, just do three to four, or don't worry about it. Are you talking about... You you can't. Go ahead, Mark. No, I'm just going to say, if that's what you want to do, there's no problem doing that. You will have fewer, larger berries, but... If you are talking about on an individual new cane, so we have a new cane that came up last year, and off of that cane you have more side canes, I would trim off some of the side canes off of the off of the one main cane. But if you are talking about we had 10 new canes come up from this one plant this last year, if they're spaced, then I would leave 10. If they're crowded together, I would cut it down to somewhere probably between 5 and 10. So you would have to look relatively at what you have and space it out and work with it. There's not a, a number. It, it doesn't have to be one, three, five, or 10. It could be anywhere in between there, depending on what you have to work with space-wise. And, and you can give it some time and see what I was developing and take them off, you know... Or you can prune them the way you think they should be done and let right. your dad come by in another month and chop out all, all the rest of the work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a backstory okay, here. And then how, how tall, how, how long should, should I let them you know, string them up, like the cane? How long should that be? How short should I cut that? I think I would cut it to the either the top wire or branch it out across the top wire on your trellis. You know, that's an interesting okay. question because I've never topped mine. We, we just let them grow. You just fold them over? We just let them grow and drop on the other side of the trellis and harvest everywhere. Ah, okay, okay. All right. Can I ask another question on a totally different subject? Yeah, go ahead. Of course. Oh, of course. That's what I meant. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. <laughs> okay, I have, I have a bunch of raised beds and I'm ripping out my tomato plants. And I want to plant something, but it doesn't it just I feel like what's a good cover crop just to, you know, rejuvenate the soil and then get ready for spring, summer. Are you you're not planning on putting a, a winter crop in? Well, that's what I mean. Something low maintenance that I don't need to that I can just plant in there unless you, something low maintenance that you could recommend. Well, you're a big chard fan, right, George? Well, I like Swiss chard and beets, but. They're the same thing, essentially, without the root from the tops. So if you like beets, beets work well. Chard works well this time of year. If something that's very low maintenance, um, cabbage is pretty easy. And the, the leaf, red, <laughs> leaf lettuces. <laughs> the leaf lettuces. You can't, I just washed my mouth, and I can't do a thing with it. I, are, uh, are very good and easy. And... Farmer Roy comes in and picks it up every Lettuce and spinach, all all of the leaf leaf crops crops. are easy right now. But if you're looking, so you confused me when you said cover crop, because if you're looking for something to rejuvenate the soil, then, you know, something like red clover or oats, things like that, that you can just turn back in. But if you want to harvest, I would go with some of the leaf crops. Okay. Are the leaf crops going to do anything good for the soil? No. No. If you want to do that, then... We have, I think from botanical interests, uh, three or four different cover crops that you can just plant. Right. They right. will pull nitrogen out of the air and put it into the soil, and you can just turn them in uh, when the season's over. If you do not want to harvest, then that would be the way to grow. To go, to grow. <laughs> All right. And I just, I, is, are these seeds? I just throw a bunch of seeds in there? Yes. Exactly. All right. Very good. 
Thank you so much. All right, Brenda, thanks for the call. Have a great day. If you'd like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. It is time to be planting. And you've you've planted, have you planted anything, Marky? No, it's, no, I haven't been able to get to the nursery. Yeah. But it, at, at least you haven't purchased things to plant and not planted. Correct. You just haven't planted, so right. you're way ahead of me. I, I almost bought, you and I have been talking about the green gauge plum that you told me I have to get, and I... I keep looking at it every day. I just don't have a spot for it yet, and I don't want to buy it and have it sit in the car or on the side of the garage. So, but I I need to get one. I have want Dave to put that buy in. it for you. I can well, have Dave without buy. without getting too crazy on this whole thing, you could buy it and leave it in the back and let us take care of it because it's paid true. for. We'll hold on to it for a little while. Yeah, I know. Two, there was a reason that I rushed to get you that gift certificate was so that when planting season came, that you'd be able to get those trees. And now I'm, I think I'm hurt that you have not availed yourself <laughs> Wait, uh, of there it. There is a hole that's been dug in preparation. So it's just, we have to get through this weekend with some things and then I will be buying them and putting them in the ground. Okay. I'm over it now. I'm, okay. I'm not hurt anymore. Right. So that is we good. We appreciate it. That's very good. Should we go up to, yeah, we have time. Let's go to Oceanside and talk to Larry. Good morning, Larry. Hey, um, I'm one of the proud 17 strong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wasn't counting you. That puts us up to 18. All right. Well, we're on a roll here. Yeah. Um, I what's uh, I I see up in North County here in Bonsall, they got a lot of pepper trees, and they what's the pros and cons of pro for a pepper tree as opposed to eucalyptus or ficus? I have ficus and uh, eucalyptus, and they're real dirty. The leaves mount up, and I'm always clean. And it is on a hill, a grade, but the pepper trees seem to be a lot of people are putting them in for blinds. To, you know, keep people looking at their property. What's the pros and cons on it? Well, I can't think of any. What are the cons of it? Of a, and I'm, we're talking about the California pepper, California the weeping pepper. California pepper. Yes, yes. The cons. Well, I was just thinking the, the aggressive droppings. They're not. They're. They're not. No. Uh, well, we they have, are a good tree for they, what you are describing. They are a good tree. They bring in a lot of bees when they're in bloom. So if you have fruit trees around it, you might you know benefit from that. And I think they're better than a eucalyptus for form and function. Agreed. The wood on them is less brittle and less likely to snap, snap off in a storm. Yep. And the the ficus, uh, they are the pepper is less aggressively rooted and is more tolerant of our conditions. So I say the pepper wins in all categories. And, and, the, yes. and the, the pepper needs a lot less water than the ficus will. C. And are they a rat? Uh, they seem to grow faster, too. than Well, the, the eucalyptus and the ficus do grow pretty They all good. grow very fast. And yeah. I would say probably in that group, they're going to gain height and width slower than the slower, other two. So that would be too. the only yeah. downside there. But other than that... Yeah. But the, the pepper tree will will put a lot of litter and shade, so it's a little bit more difficult with the shade to grow underneath if you're trying to grow real close to it. But otherwise, they're great trees. We have a bunch of them on the property. Yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's about a blind to keep, you know, from seeing the property. It works well for that. Uh, All right, Larry, all right. We're, we're going to give you two thumbs up. On All the right, pepper tree. All right, sir. Thank you for the call. <laughs> All right, guys. See, I listen every weekend. Thanks okay. very much. Thank you so much. If you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. We're going to take the break at the bottom of the hour, and we'll be back with more right after this.
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ and KPRZ. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. When we went into the break, we were talking about, oh, no, we were talking to Brenda, but we were talking about pomegranates before that. Correct. And persimmons, do you have persimmons to harvest, either of you? We are done. Uh, We had a few, but the coyotes had the most on the tree that was damaged so severely last year. So that's another thing I'm going to purchase another. We're we're going to put two. Now's the time. Those sleeved persimmons that we got in are the nicest looking persimmons that you will will find in that category. It's so much nicer than the, the bare root trees might be a little bit bigger, but there's so many of the true bare roots they have a very high attrition rate. Right. Yeah, very, they're difficult very, to get started. Very high. And what's interesting is the one particular variety of persimmon, the um, Izu. Yes. It, it actually says, uh, among all the others that we get, may be difficult to start from uh, bare roots. Well, maybe it's a newer tag. Right. Izu is the one they consider the early Fuyu. And Correct. That's, and, it, and they also consider it a, a more dwarfed or smaller tree suitable for container growing. That is the one that I am harvesting right now. And I made a huge error in mocking you for having coyotes eating your oh, that's persimmons. Right. Yeah. And now you're but here to, to, to say that you're sorry for I mocking me? I am sorry. Me? Okay. Well, I'm not sorry for mocking you, oh, but okay. I did bring the coyotes to my own yard, which was probably not the best course of action. But I was listening to... Garden Talk. Garden Talk. And then somebody on there said something about putting a fence immediately around the tree, which I thought, well, coyotes can jump right over that, so that's not going to help. Did they explain why it can help? Why, why can't... I don't know. I don't, didn't listen to that, to that part. You, were listening, you were not listening closely. You just so, right. so what... I've seen them from a standing position jump over a six-foot fence. As I have as well. So how is this fence going to stop them from eating because my persimmons? You, or why has it stopped them from eating my persimmons? Well, did you, did you install one? Of course. And it worked. And it worked. Like the guy on the radio said. Yeah, but why? Well, because you put it close enough to the center of the tree where there's no real room to jump in. And they're they're less likely to try it. And so they don't jump in. They may be able to reach up to some of the outer branches, but they can't get into the center of the tree and then damage your tree. Well, you... And it seems to have worked seems for me. to have seem to be correct it yes. seems to have worked and so i'm kind of happy i did fill a box with some izu persimmons and send them to north carolina ah, to the kids with some yeah. yes with some pomegranates and a good for you, no, you uh, made them uh, happy yes yeah it was we were we were very disappointed this year because the we had lost so many large branches last year our what was a much larger persimmon tree is relatively small this year well, it'll, I, be, it'll be fine next year. I am suffering that of, right now. I have a, about a quarter of the tree that was snapped off, and I'm guessing it's because I was laughing at you and mocking you that. Coyote, this, I, yeah. Well, I went out to the coyotes and said, "Hey, I know where there's a bunch, and no one, no one's yeah. touching them. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free. Go get them. Um, we are harvesting. We are watching trees go dormant as the nights get cold, and this is great. I don't think we had a couple hundred hours of winter chill all last year, and. We're starting to build it up early this year. We're but accumulating it already. Trees are going dormant, the stone fruits. But are we feeding? Do you guys feed? I've had still have people coming in and asking, and 
uh, I'm kind of ambivalent. I did not feed during this last storm. I guess what I did do. I thought about fertilizing during this last storm. So, you know, that's a good question. And I did, actually. We went out. It rained Tuesday. So Monday, I went out and fed everything that it, with one as much as I could with one bag of fertilizer that I had open. And I did all of the, all of the fruit trees. But... There, there are a lot of different schools of thought that says, you know, do not, you, there's no reason to feed after November, et cetera, et cetera. Well, depending on the school of thought. Now, some of well, that's always been, it's going to be too cold. You're going to encourage right. new growth. Right. It's all right. going to get croaked by the frost. But you're not going to encourage new growth on a deciduous fruit tree that's lost its leaves just because you put some nitrogen in the soil. I don't think. I think it's. No, I, I agree the, with yeah, that it, wholeheartedly. It, so this, it's there. And when the this soil. This would be more yeah. for evergreen trees, citrus and avocado. Okay, well, I have fed those as well because I had the fertilizer and it was going to be a good downpour, which it was. So what is what do you think? Because we've had this philosophical discussion on whether we should or not. If you have not fed for a long time, it's yeah. always a good opportunity. I think it's always good to put a little bit of food in the soil and to take advantage of a rain like we just had would have been tremendous. It's a little hard to do it if you didn't. But it would be tremendous. And I, the day just kept getting away from me on Monday, and I didn't do it. And then Tuesday, I had to go back to work. So, um, But you would those have. Are my I mean, ex- if you had the opportunity, you would have yes. fed, right? And in the past, I have <coughs> argued that the trees aren't growing at that time of the year. So giving them a little bit of food isn't going to make a big difference. Now, this year... <laughs> giving the back to the avocado that I planted this year and my neighbors was growing the whole time and I started watering it properly and it grew more. It has new growth on it right now. There are new bronze leaves still coming out on that tree. So feeding it is going to encourage it to continue to grow. And that foliage is going to be the most susceptible to cold, whether it's going to be a big problem or not. I don't know because I have been feeding that. I didn't do it this week. (coughs) Right. But stone fruits, the deciduous trees, I think it's kind of wasteful because there's not going to be much uptake because they are or shutting down. To none, right? Yeah, yeah um, right now, yes. And Tom Spellman, remember? Do you remember what he called it? He, yeah, it, it's caffeine, right? He he yeah. likened it to stopping at at Starbucks and picking up a cup of coffee on your way home um, right before bed. He was never in the Navy because. That's the way you survive. <laughs> That's how you survive. That's different. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I don't waste them on. I don't think about that. It's a good way of thinking about it, but I don't um, consider it. But I, especially on citrus and, and evergreens of, of any kind, things that are still alive, I am likely to give them a little bit of food. Well, we, we have some instructors that have taught some of our fruit tree classes that you, November is one of the fertilizing months that is suggested. Why for how come? I, I guess to have food available yeah, as when they soon wake as the up, plant wakes up because you don't know when it's you know exactly Correct. going to start and being I, warm. And right. I suppose over the winter, it'll get washed. It, it'll get washed into the into the ground. Right. The phosphorus and potassium will get washed down into the soil a little bit, make it more available. The nitrogen would probably be washed out of the root zone before spring. And if you're using organics, they're going to take a little bit longer to break down in the cooler weather anyway. So they're just going to be hanging out and eventually either eaten by dogs and coyotes or it'll break down and be usable for your plants. Correct. Okay, so feed whatever, whenever. 
Is that that's your philosophy? Part, yeah. I, I I don't know. I still am. The, I think for I'd, me the I'd jury's pull, out. I, I would pull back if you yeah. live in an area where frost is is likely. Right. Not not cut it out completely. Now 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 let's go to the third rail of fertilizing. What about camellias? Oh, uh, I'm still learning on that. I the we as a nursery yeah, say do not feed your camellias when they have buds on them, flower correct. buds. Because with, with high nit- with nitrogen, with nitrogen, correct. because we will encourage incur- growth, growth yeah. and and lose the buds. Yes. yes, but I have seen other places that say you should be feeding your camellias this time of year. Well, I'm going to put you. That's your homework assignment. Well, I can't give you a homework assignment because then I have to pay you. Um, that is, if, when you are at the <laughs> I have work, a question for you. When you're yeah, at the nursery yeah. and have extra time, yeah. I would like you to uh, to research that a little bit and let me know what you find out. Maybe we should go home. And feed all of our camellias with a high nitrogen fertilizer. And see what happens. And see what it well, does. I have three of them. Maybe I will do conduct an experiment. Well, why don't you conduct an experiment? The old school of thought is that the when they start growing, they, they will drop, drop their buds. buds. Right. And right. so that is why we discourage you from feeding with high nitrogen. I've always said grow power is okay because it's low enough nitrogen. But when they're growing, they're not budding. Budding is during a semi-dormant state. I always remember Joe Goma is saying that. Right. So it all makes sense. Well, speaking of camellias, ours at the at least in Poway are a great many of them are in bloom, and it's maybe gorgeous. when I go into work this morning, I'll feed them and see what happens. And, see see what what happens. and they won't be in bloom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll pull one aside and feed it. I was telling you before before the show that I have one that I started from a seed that we had at the nursery as we were cleaning up over there and the guys were sweeping and there were a pile of seeds and I took a couple and threw them in a pot and one of them took and it's a beautiful plant. It's it's a gorgeous, healthy looking plant. It hasn't flowered yet though. It's still only four or five years old. Well, how long does it take them to bloom? I, I don't know. I would have thought it would have bloomed by now had you yet. fed it properly. Uh, oh, maybe maybe I fed it too it? much nitrogen and I'm not getting any buds. That's probably it. No, not true. How, how how big is it? Uh, probably about four feet now. Oh, wow. Is it branched or is it a single? No, it's branched nicely. And no buds? No. Maybe I'll, that's I'll the downside. Or maybe it's the same crapshoot with with camellias as it is with the other seedlings. Perhaps you just so. don't know. You don't know what, exactly. That's why I was anxious and, and curious to see what kind of flowers are going to be on it. I have no idea what it's going to it be. It could be the next greatest thing. Or not. But yeah. I hope it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would go home and feed it. With high nitrogen and <laughs> lots of lots of phosphorus. That's my plan, but not till maybe January. Why, February. if it's not budding, are you not feeding it now? Because well, it's it's going to rest for the winter. They're fairly cold hardy. They are absolutely. So why not? Well, I'm I'm calling you out. Why I, not I, feed it? Well, because there's I, no t- buds on it to prevent from falling off. Well, because I you fed, don't I live fed, in a real cold area. I fed all of the. These are porch plants right now. They're in a big pot, and I fed all of them last month in October. Okay, so you are feeding them. So I, yes, yeah, so I said January. I'll feed them again. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Oh, okay. What did you well, feed them you. with? Well, in the pots they were. Uh, oh, um, grow do- power planting grow power tablets. Cal- I, well, the, I put some tabs in, but I also fed it with um, Doctor Earth the azalea. Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. okay, and how long ago did you put the planting tablets in there? The tablets were probably in August or September, and the azalea oh, stuff was fine. in October. You are feeding it. Yeah. Yes, well, you said feed it now, and I said I well, wait you until already, January. You already yeah. did. You didn't say it was already fed. <laughs> if you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. We're going to take our last break. and be back right after this. 
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And welcome back to Garden Talk, here with Bicker, Quibble, and Mark. I am Bicker, along with Quibble and Mark Mahady. Uh, we have one more segment of... Of bickering Of and bickering quibbling. and quibbling. And what were we talking about before we went into the Fertilizing break? camellias. Oh, yeah, I beat and that done, one down. We're yeah, that. we're done with yeah. that. We're, we're well done with that. Um, it is dormant spray time. Can we agree on Good that? Point. Yes. We can, and our point. newsletter, the November newsletter, actually s- suggested that you start doing that with horticultural oil and copper. And you made a, a comment, which actually was true, not that most of your comments aren't, about a wet winter makes it more important. Yeah. Uh, for and the fungicide. so far, right. so far, we're having a wet winter. We've had two storms already, or three. And so what do you spray on what? So for my deciduous fruit trees, I will spray horticultural oil to knock down any overwintering bugs and egg cases, et cetera, et cetera, hopefully. And scale. And scale. Well, that's a bug, right? Yep. So yeah. so scale, which is very, uh, more so damaging for me on my citrus. I don't know. Most of my deciduous fruit trees do not. Generally not. Battle scale. Aphids, mealybugs, things like Well, mostly aphids now that I say that out loud. Aphids are my big problem on my deciduous fruit trees. So horticultural oil and then um, copper, liquid copper uh, or, or the uh, organic copper to deal with fungal issues and some bacteria like the bacterial, um, what do you call it on the plums that we get? I forgot. I'm looking at you. You're and you're holding talk. your, yeah. Like the little I'm, black spots that we get on um, plums. Brown rot? Not brown rot, on the plum leaves. I'll have to. So I spray copper to take care of some bacterial things, but mostly and other things. And fungal issues such as uh, peach leaf curl on the peaches and nectarines, spicy nectar plums. I, I would, I would as well. And even having done that, if we have an extra wet winter, if it continues, which would be times. nice, yeah. um, you'll still probably run into problems with some of the disease, diseases. But it'll help to mitigate. Yeah. How many times do you spray it? I mean, you, you typically, <laughs> not you, Dave. I should talk to George. Oh, right? yeah, okay. So the horticultural oil once in the winter, right. copper will depend on how bad my previous Yours. spring's okay. um, peach leaf curl was. If it was relatively mild, I just do it once. This okay. was a pretty mild season because yeah, it was it, so dry If and it warm. was bad, I, I would do it two two times, okay. sometimes three. On Like the, the spicy nectar plum, I actually did three times last year because it, it had a really bad peach leaf And curl. how did it do this year? None. I had some aphid problems later, but nothing with... with uh, with a okay. peach leaf curl. Now, some people would do it November, December, January. That would be good. I would yeah. think two to three sprays, November, December, January, would be timely. Yeah. And then I am not going to go out there and clean up all the debris under the tree. No way. Not no way. Not no but how. That's, yeah. But that said, our newsletter suggests that you clean up under your deciduous fruit trees and your roses. It's true. That's what we, yeah. I agree with what you just said. In principle, However, in comma, principle. However, I'm not, no not way. in practice. No. And I would just, I'm going to, I spray the ground around the trees when, I, when I'm spraying to kind of mitigate the right. disease. But, you know, we, we're big fans of mulch. Exactly. And when, or we, we do tell people to allow their, uh, their avocado leaves to accumulate, yeah, the, so, you know, anything yeah. that falls underneath, let it accumulate. But then when we get to deciduous fruit trees, we say, clean it up and get rid of it. We? Well, 
as a as a we corporate as an organization right. Right. i a i'm too lazy but b i just assume it's part of the whole recycle of life yes, yes it's my it's my I permaculture agree. spray under the trees right spray under your roses yes and go forward but leave the organic matter down on the ground That's... i fully agree that is the organic matter is the key it is the key to life well and water and food and sun. Well, we can go on and on. Yeah, we don't have to. So we've done. We've we've done. Uh, you beat that one. We're all done. Yes, sir. All right. So now, what do you want to do? You want to talk about uh, the trees that came in? I think we should at least mention we did get a bunch of new fruit trees. Oh, in. you did. Very good. Yeah. Yes. The the. When are we going to stop calling it potted bear root and just start calling it the potted fruit trees? When are we going to get rid of the oxymoron? Well, in the you know, room? I I say sleeved. Just to discern between that and a potted plant and the bare roots. I say sleeved bare so root. So back when we were all youngins in this industry, we did not get sleeved sleeved plants during this time of the year. They always right. came in bare root. Right. And we sold them bare root. But now they're potted, so we call them potted bare root. We, we well, have to stop that. Yeah, we've we've trained our customers, though. What do you want to call roots. it? Yeah. Since you guys have been doing this Just for plants. your life. But what do we get in? What, let's Let's... Go in that direction. What's there at both stores? Well, both Walter Anderson Nursery locations got in the a large selection of figs, pomegranates. Probably ten varieties. Mm-hmm. Probably close to ten varieties of pomegranates, grapes, grapes, cane berries, raspberries, blackberries, boysenberries, uh, blueberries, blueberries, olives, olives, mulberries. Oh, we got in the the. Oh no, those already came. The we co- have the, the cooks. cooks we have the dwarf mulberries that right. just came in, and we have the cooks select mulberries that came in last month. And that, those that, are nice. That dwarf, those dwarfs are incredible producers. They produce almost all summer long. Mm. They're great. How how? But they're small. I mean, the, the, they're the Persian, so they're a smaller fruit. So you have to get a, a lot of them to get the same effect of having a single one. one <laughs> how, Pakistan, but right. how long have you had it, and how big is it? Um, well, the one I have in PQ is probably about 10 feet tall because I let it grow more as a shrub than a single trunk. And it's, I don't know, seven years old, six, seven years old. And it has small fruit. It's, the small, it's the small Persian. So you're, you're less like a half an inch or? Yeah, yeah. Just tiny a little, fruit. Tiny fruit. Tiny but, fruit. You, but they're delicious. And it just produces a lot and continuously. I was at a property on my way home last week and surveying for bark and there was a mulberry in the backyard loaded with fruit green fruit and ripe fruit and i've never seen it this late in the season and they were long fruits and i don't know if it got a late start due to stress or if there's something special about this tree well i've told you the the one in my on on the pq property has the, the regular pakistan the big fruited one that you're describing that would give me a second crop towards October, November. You always, you told me I was stressing it, but it was getting the same water. Nothing changed. It's, it just tended to give me a second crop. Nothing said, changed? The sun changed. The temperature changed. A lot of things changed. Okay. What I meant was in, in my well, we'll watering. To, what was that? That was a Pakistan? A Pakistan, correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, classes? So classes, a reminder today at 9 o'clock in San Diego, it's Planting Potatoes with Kathleen. And at 9.30 in Poway, it's Permaculture Basics with Steve Atkinson. That's it? 
That's it for this week. You have been listening to Garden Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Bicker along with Quibble and Mark Mahady. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.